Welcome back, everybody, to a long overdue episode of Big Apple Hockey. And after all, it's been 10 days since our last show. And I can't believe it's been that long because there's been so much NHL action that's been going on. Can't say enough of what's been going on early in the year. Although, Anthony, did the Islanders even get to play this year, this this, this last week? I don't even remember. I mean, the Blackhawks certainly got to play plenty of times. Yeah. All right. I am your host, Mark Williams. And a little bit under the weather, but hopefully uh, that will not affect the show in any way. John Fukowski will be joining us in a minute, but the man who will be going on Sirius XM NHL radio this weekend, Mr. Anthony Loracco. Yeah, uh, excited for that. You can catch me on uh, Bernstein and, and Pagnota's show on Saturday at 1230. Um, I'll, be, I'll be hopping on making my uh, NHL radio Sirius XM debut. So uh, make sure to check that out. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get back here doing a show with us. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we, we got not hopefully we, we have some good a lot of good stuff to talk about. You know, NHL season's underway. Um, you know, like you referenced, you know, my, my Islanders only played two games. So uh, it feels like it feels like they're crawling here out of the gate. But um, I'm, I'm excited for how they've looked so far. So uh, we'll get back at it tomorrow night against New Jersey. Yeah, I got to really say, uh, somebody both needs to commend the NHL schedule maker and punch them in the face at the same time. Because you have the Blackhawks that played four games. This was as of Monday that the Blackhawks played four games. Then you had um, the Islanders only played two. They get Then they get the Devils, who haven't played since, uh, Saturday, I think, Saturday? Like it's, I I got I I started a sentence and I should have double checked my facts. Everybody, make sure you always do that, especially if you're a podcast host. But anyway, we're gonna go to the A block. One of the first times I can use this graphic this season, and we're gonna talk about games. So, the New York Rangers this week were, uh, and great. We do before we even do anything else. Let's get the third member of the podcast in right now. Joining us in just a second, Mr. John Falkowski. And there's a lot. Uh, I was, I was going to say, you're not, you, you couldn't get in? No, it, was, it just, I, I, I had to finish up with work. Uh, we're always, we're always swamped with work all the time. And of course, once again, to highlight him, Mr. John Falkowski. Not a bad start, two and one. Interesting game tonight uh, with Nashville. We'll see where things go. And um, another familiar name to the Rangers making himself go around in the news again. So we'll probably talk about that in a bit as well. <laughs> we're gonna we got a lot that we're gonna be talking about because, as Phil just mentioned in the A block, that we also, oh, I'd be remiss if I also did not say that A Block is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use the promo code Big Apple Hockey for $20 off your first order. And don't forget, Big Apple Hockey trucker hats and shirts are available. Use the link below to check on that. And of course, once again, got to plug them all over again. Mr. Anthony LaRocco is going to be on the fourth period of the NHL radio on Channel 91 XM. So the Rangers this week, 2-1, and one, wins over Buffalo and Arizona, a loss to Columbus. The loss to Columbus was a very odd game, to say the least. 
And the Islanders this week, they only got to play two games. They won them both and kind of won them pretty pretty well, I would say. Uh, the Buffalo game, they went up to nothing, but then uh, then they ended up uh, being tied in the third. Case Zekas, the game-winning goal. Anthony, we'll start with you. What are your positives and negatives of this week for both New York teams? Um, you know, well, for the Islanders, you know, 2-0 start, so – you know, that's clearly good. Um, there's not too much you could be upset about. You know, both were one-goal games. Um, I I really like how Barzell and Horvat continue to look. Um, you know, they haven't – I mean, Barzell finally scored on uh, against the lone goal against Arizona, but um, they're skating well out there. They look like they have really good chemistry. They're getting chances, so um, that's certainly a good thing. Um, Brock Nelson seems to pick off, you know, uh, you know, where he started, where he ended the season last year. Um, which is still producing points and scoring goals. He had two points in the opener, um, continues to create chances on his own and, you know, really um, drive his line. Um, you know, then other than that, you know, obviously Pelic, Pollock looked good. Um, the, I guess the one thing I'd say negative is, you know, no Dobson made a couple of mistakes in, in both the, game, the first two games. Um, he really needs to clean up his defensive game. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that he could really score and, you know, put up points offensively, but, um, he has to pay more attention to detail uh, in his own end uh, and make smarter decisions with the puck. But um, overall, you know, I, I like how they look. Um, and then I'd be remiss if you don't mention, you know, Ilya Sorokin. Uh, he didn't have much work against in the game against Arizona, but he pitched a shutout when they needed him. He was there in the game against Buffalo. He was good. So, um, you know, he's, he's clearly going to drive this team this year. If he's at the top of his game and playing well, um, even if the Islanders aren't scoring many goals, he's going to give them a chance to win. So um, overall, I like what I see. They got a they got a test tomorrow night with the Devils team. Who Devils, you know, kind of out of the gate slow. You know, one one and one. You know, they lost they lost against Arizona, Florida. They had a really bad showing against early in the game. They you know almost came back, but too a little too late. But um, you can never count them out. They're such a fast skilled team. So I'm curious to see how the Islanders look against them. But um, you know, overall, uh, I would say I like the start for the Islanders for these first two games. Philk, what do you think about the Islanders and their starts? And by the way, everybody, this is the reason why you need a visual medium so you can see Philk's reactions when Anthony was talking. I mean, he's Anthony kind of just hit everything on the head. I, I really don't have anything to say that's any bunch different. I mean, I think the the Arizona game, Sorokin was untested. That felt like a 1998 Martin Brodeur shutout. Like what he made four? What was it? Fourteen saves. He made Fourteen. Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. Like, there, there was no chances <laughs> against. They they dominated Arizona. They and you know what? Arizona had played uh, the Rangers on um, yeah, Tuesday, so it, it, they 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 obviously seemed a little deflated by losing that game because. They had a chance to take that game, Arizona, um, and I, I like the way that the Islanders played. I, I think they're. It just it seems like all the kinks that they were trying to work out last year for the first half of the season, getting adjusted to Lane Lambert, are are now like gone. That they they look like they're playing something closer to Barry Trotz hockey than what they were playing last year because they were all over the place last year. There were a lot of guys that were chasing the puck like chickens with their heads cut off last year and, and that's not a characteristic you see of uh barry trotz teams these teams look more like that so uh i i like that um sorokin i think he looked okay against buffalo i don't think he looked bad i don't think he looked great you, you yeah i know this is a guy that you want uh to put in the 
you want to shoehorn him, not shoehorn him, but you want to lock him in to a, a, a to be a Vezina finalist. And I don't, I, I again, I can't say he looked bad. I don't think he looked great either. Um, he looked decent against Buffalo. Um, I think that they could have, I think the Islanders should have won that game by more, but that's just me. Um, I, I like the way that Brock Nelson's playing. Uh, you can't complain about that. Again, you look, like you said, he looks like he's picked off from where he, he came up last year. And it's funny because his line mates really haven't improved, but yet his game seems to have found another level, which is real interesting when you think about it. Uh, Barzal and Horvat, they start to look, they're starting to look like the way that they did in that very brief stint before um, Barzal's uh, injury last that. year. Yeah. So, um, and I'm definitely with you on Noah Dobson. The regression in his defensive play is actually kind of scary now because you figured, like, coming back from the offseason, you know, he would do some things to work on that over the offseason. But it doesn't seem like it's gotten better. I, I, am, am I wrong here by th- by saying this? No, you're not. You're, you're not. He's, he's, he's still making some, you know, errors that he shouldn't be at this point. But, um, you know, again, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt two games. But um, he just needs to clean up his defensive game because, you know, those, those errors eventually, they, they you know, they bite, you in the, they bite you in the ass. So, you know. But just to finish sure. up on the Islanders, I thought that the game against Buffalo, Buffalo kind of came back. And really started to try to like, you know, instill their own game in there. And then they were stifled. It was a close game. And the Islanders did what the Islanders want to do. They want to play close games. They want to keep it low scoring. And then they want to get the last goal. And then good night. And then that's it. And I was impressed with what they were able to do. And yeah, they took full advantage of. I'm not sure what SH means. I don't know if that's. Uh, that's actually, that's going to be a question we're going to be yeah. having in the bar talk. Yeah. Uh, Simon Holmstrom. Oh, Simon Holmstrom. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So we'll be talking about that in a moment, but, and then they took full advantage of Arizona. Arizona was done by the time they got there. The Islanders got their one goal and you know, they just shut it down. That this is the team that they want them to be. And yeah, I would agree with that. That's where. You know, like I said, they, they worked out the kinks from last year that they were dealing with for the first half of the season. And now it just it seems like they're back to where they were previously. And now, Phil, going right back, what are your thoughts and your takeaways for week one for the Rangers? They're definitely doing what the Islanders were doing last year, and that's adjusting to a new system. Um, you, you saw it in spurts. Um, they look like they're all buying in to uh, Laviolette and his system and the message that he's sending, which is great because that's the most important thing. If they're not buying in, then there's a major problem, and then that's going to cause a lot of trouble if obviously trying to make the playoffs. But, I mean, you see it in the practices. You see it on social media. They now have this big group, like, group embrace thing at the end of practices, which we've never seen under Quinn, under Gallant, under AV, anything like that. It seems like this team is coming together. And that's that's really important. And Anthony, I know you can attest to this because this was a big thing when the Islanders brought Barry Trotz on, but the players talked about coming together and buying in, and that's ultimately really what you want from your team as a new coach. So the Rangers have definitely accomplished that, which is one of the biggest things to get out of the way early on. Working itself out and, and really kind of 
fall into a system, especially a one three one trap. That's not easy to play. Everybody, no. I know a lot of the, the misconception is that is oh, sit one guy at the, at the blue line and then two guys in the neutral zone and then two guys at the defensive blue line, and it's real easy to stop them. No, you got to be on your feet constantly, you got to have your head on a swivel, and your feet have got to be constantly moving. So it's 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 hard to play, it's it's really not easy. But um, the Rangers have the ability to do it, and they have the players that you wouldn't think that would buy in, like Artemi Panarin, the way he's played the last two years defensively. Did anyone think that he was going to buy in this quickly and this, this you know, earnestly? I, I, I didn't think so. I thought he would be one of the players that would have a big problem. He's been the best player on the team so far. It's, it's not even close right now. Panarin, Panarin and his line have been the best team. The Rangers five-on-five five have worked their kinks out. They're one of the they're the best five on five team in the league, according to the analytics right now. If, if you've seen the the charts from like Montauk and so on, and you know what? I, again, I, I can't buy too much into analytics because there's a lot of context left out. But if you've watched these games, you see that there's a noticeable difference in the amount of time that they're spending in the offensive zone, the amount of chances they're creating at five on five, the cycle play down low, the shot selection, everything. It. it it really does reflect. So this is the one time where I say, okay, the analytics and the eye test actually match each other. But um, again, they are working kinks out. There are times where they get a little too sloppy defensively. Um, and the Arizona game, which led to the penalty shot, uh, Braden Schneider was up in no man's land. I don't know even what he was doing. And it left Barkley Goodrow back to try to cover on defense and that was where that home run pass came up to uh, Zucker and Zucker got the penalty shot. And thankfully Igor bailed Braden Schneider out who mm. needs to be a hell of a lot better because his game is regressing. I'm just going to throw that out there right now, but Igor has looked up and down. He wasn't good against Columbus. Uh, you got to just say it. And the goal that he gave up against Arizona wasn't a good goal, but the team is playing well overall They'll work these things out. It's still early. Igor Shosturkin is still a, a Vezina finalist to me going forward. Um, and you know what? This team, for a team that's adjusting to a new coach and a, and a new system and a tough one to play, they're playing well. Anthony? Yeah, I I liked how they looked at the game against Buffalo. I mean, they they dominated Buffalo um, really in every asset of the game. Um you know, Lafreniere actually played a great game that first game. Um, you know, so that that's good to see. You know, the last two, ha- you know, obviously wasn't as close to as good, but hopefully for the Rangers' sake, he could play like that more often than not. But Buffalo game really well. Um, Columbus, you know, I think we all know how they played in Columbus. Did not like how they looked against the Blue Jackets. Um, and the Coyotes, you know, again, th- this is a team that if you look, they, they beat the Devils. You know, they – they only lost by one goal to the to the Islanders, and they lost by one goal to the Rangers. So, this is a so this is a team that's that's getting a lot better. So you could say that yeah, you know, maybe you didn't really like the the way the Rangers let the Coyotes hang in the game, but um, they're a much better team now. And I thought that their play was much improved over Columbus. Uh, still, some things they needed to clean up, but um, you know, overall, you know, I, you know, two and one through three games. Uh, again, for a Ranger fan, I don't really think you complain too much. I mean, there are certain guys that you want to harp on, like Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler has not looked good at all. 
um, which is which, which is certainly concerning. Um, you know, he, he really needs to up his game for sure. Uh, but then you have, like Phil mentioned, Panarin's playing really, really well. Kreider's producing, um, you know, the Filipino, that, that, that line with Panarin, Laugh and, and Heedle has been their best line. Um, so for me, if, I, if I'm trying to just kind of single guys out, uh, Blake Wheeler, I really don't particularly like how Blake Wheeler's looked. Uh, Braden Schneider, as, as John mentioned, oddly enough, I had the same thoughts. I think, you know, he needs to be a lot better. But um, we'll see how they look against Nashville. You know, Nashville's a team that they're kind of that, that bubble team. I mean, I don't expect them to make the playoffs. But as long as UC Saros is in goal, I think they might have a shot. But, um, you know, they got their doors blown off by the Oilers the other night. Um, but it'll be a good test for the Rangers to see how they do against, you know, an elite goalie in Saros, if they could get, you know, get a couple goals on him early. Uh, if he's even starting, I, I would imagine he is starting. But um, overall, though, it's a, it's a they're at home. This is a team they should beat. You got to beat the Nashville Predators at home. Can't lose to them, um, you know, and we'll, and we'll see how they look tonight. But overall, I like their game so far through three games. Yeah, I've got to agree with Ravio's uh post here and uh, every time he posts and i see that that display picture i love i I love a link to the past it's top 10 all-time favorite game for me and and even at that uh a link between worlds i told you about that the last time talking about yeah i know uh i i do have to say i flashed a stat up before guys i'm gonna flash it again but oh sorry Phil, if you want to put that comment back up. No, no, flash that comment first, and I'll go back to John Radigan's comment. Okay. So, I mean, saves per game. Right now, the New York Islanders, 20, uh, 21 shots. They're number one in the NHL. And the New York Rangers are number two, 24.3. If you're what telling me the New York Rangers are going to get their shots down, and it's sort of like the same philosophy that the Islanders got. They can limit the shots against – and then your goalie back there has got a 927 save percentage. I don't need to be a mathematician to know that's going to win you a hell of a lot of games. So if the Rangers can start doing that, four check, four check, four check against Buffalo, my God, I was praying it was June so I could hand them the Stanley Cup how well they were four checking. But obviously, you have to go through the regular season, you have to go through uh, 16 playoff wins for starters. But, you know, and there's there was so much positivity I could feel for the New York Rangers being handled by a real coach. No offense to Gerard Gallant, but eventually it just got to the point of, uh, are you going to change something? Are you going to change something? And he was like that dog in the meme with the fire all around him going, ah, this is fine. (laughs) And next thing you know, you're shut out in two games in New Jersey and you're out of the playoffs and you're watching and – it just all your fans that were going didn't didn't they win game one games one and two by blowing them out yeah what happened so I don't think that's going to be the case under Laviolette and I don't think there's going to be long losing streaks and they're going to adjust to the system now is there a lot of positivity yes also keep in mind this is a very competitive division so there's just so many things that I think the Rangers. Keep doing what you're doing. Let's see how they play against Nashville tonight. Don't take your foot off the gas. Yeah, uh, I, I have to get to this one. I, I, I know we want to kind of move on a little bit from the Rangers, but this is actually going to be a big discussion. And I think it's going to be a discussion sooner than later. With Wheeler struggling, how long before you hear Brennan Othman talk with the way he started? Yeah, it's early, 
I honestly think Brennan Hoffman can give you more than Blake Wheeler can right now. I think Blake, Blake Wheeler's cooked. I You're not concerned about two rookies on the same line. I, I have no concern about that. I, I really don't, especially when Blake Wheeler is just not giving you anything. The only thing that I think is that there's going to be another name that's going to eventually come into the picture that may end up blocking Hoffman from being up with the team this year. We'll talk about that more at some point. Um, mm -hmm. But I would not be surprised if this happens sooner than later. I don't want to say too soon, but sooner than later, because Blake Wheeler, even though that line is actually playing well overall, Blake Wheeler looks like he's just he's behind the play. Well, way too behind the play. It's he's due for the drop off. He's 37 years old. We Since talked about that speaking, drop off. Yeah, statistically speaking, if your name's not Joe Pavelski or, or Zach Parise. Or Solani or Yarmir Yager or Mark Messier or something, I don't know. All right, and a quick uh, one minute for this, guys. Uh, going around the NHL, Anthony, let me start with you. Week one, what are your takeaways so far? Uh, real quick, um, the, the Maple Leafs look good, but they still can't defend or really keep the puck out of their own net. Um, ditto for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, the first two games, Vancouver, you know, the same problem rearing their head in these cities, which is poor defense and poor goaltending. Um, another one, Logan Cooley. Um, I mean, I think he's got a point in every game he's played so far. Um, he looks really good. Uh, I, I like the way that, well, not I like the way, but I, I'm not, I should say, I'm not surprised the Florida Panthers are struggling a little bit. We all kind of saw that coming, missing Ekblad and Montour. Um, Colorado looks perfect so far. Again, not really surprised there. Vegas looks really strong. Um, but those are just some of my quick takeaways. Phil, just before I go to you, I got to ask you, did you guys see uh, Alexander Barkov high five of Phantom Radko Gudis. Yeah. And afterwards, he, he just looked so sad. sad just knowing yeah. he was gone. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, for my takeaways, oh, man, yes. Tampa's feeling it, man. Tampa is feeling not having Vasilevsky and a loss of their depth over the last few seasons. <clears throat> uh, Pittsburgh, Mark, I know, wants to take his victory lap. We're going to hold off on that victory lap, but they don't look good either, and they got they got kicked again last night by Detroit. So that's another team that came in and absolutely put a whooping on them. Um, Ottawa is fun to watch right now. Um, their power play is deadly, and they absolutely shellacked Washington last night. Devin Levi, who we all have as like a Calder finalist, has not looked great so far. Um, not all his fault, but he has not looked great so far. Um, Florida, no surprise, struggling. Um uh, I wonder how everything's going to go in Vancouver with Pedersen. Um, Colorado is surprisingly very good. Um, they added, uh, you know, those depth additions to help them, and they look like they're back to where they were a few years, a couple of years back or so. Um, I, I like the way that um, Vegas looks so far. They they seem to just be picking up right where they left off. <laughs> and good, good on them. Jack Eichel looks like he's finding a new level to his game. Uh, it, it just and Dallas. I mean, even though Dallas lost in a shootout to, to Vegas, Dallas's offense is just deadly. Like I said, it would be so they're fun to watch as well. I'm looking at it and saying the Vancouver Canucks are going to be a problem for a lot of teams this year, and I'll also say 
the Arizona Coyotes, despite the uh, uh, one and two record that they have right now, they're going to be a tough team for a lot of a lot of teams to face this year. All right. So, everybody, what's your takeaways in game one or week one, I should say? Put it all down in the comments below. But let's get a quick message from DraftKings before we go to the bar talk. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. I'm going to say fear. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our topic on, we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice to drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? Or so so, have a beer? Or. Uh, I need a shot out of this. Uh, I did mention before I'm a little bit under the weather, so that's one reason why I'm messing up, not just the normal reasons. And also, and also as always, why go to the liquor store when you can have it all come to you? Make it a drizzly night. Uh, link is down in the description below. And again, check out the trucker hats and shirts in the, the eBay store. Philk, Chris Kreider, four goals in his first three games for the New York Rangers this season. The Kreider man will score 50 goals again this year. I'm going to go with shot. Uh, I could see 35 to 40. I, I just think that everything really has to go right for him to score 50. And obviously, I'm rooting for him to score 50. Like, no no Ranger fan is going to be rooting against this. But I, I just have a very hard time seeing that because I, I, this is a player where everything went right in that career year. Everything went right. He was shooting at a very high percentage. Um, is it possible? Sure. He's having the type of start that he had in 2022. We'll give him that. But it just, I have a hard time seeing him replicate that. And I said the same thing last year. So, shot. Anthony. Muted. 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 Um, I, I'm going to go shot as well. Um, and it's not a knock on Kreider. It's, it's, listen, it's really hard to score 50 goals in this league. I mean, there's a reason why, like, not everybody does it, obviously. Um, you know, and while he's off to a, a really good start, um, you know, it's just it's a matter of, you know, and this is a guy, too, that, mind you, he scores a lot of his goals like, you know, at the net deflections, um, 
you know, he's not a, you know, like a Austin Matthews where he's sniping goalies and has that, you know, that, that in his toolkit really. And if he did, I'd be more inclined to say beer around, but like Phil said, I think everything would have to really break right for him to 50 again. Um, I would say I could easily probably pencil him in for 35 for sure. Uh, maybe even 40, but 50, I, I don't see it happening again. Yeah. This is the reason why I had to up the number to 50. I had it originally as 40 in our rundown. 40, I think, is is doable. I think that's a round. I got to go beer, and that's the best I could do for that. He's almost done a tenth of the work to get to 50 already, as the, what I would tell you with Austin Matthews, who's already six goals into the season. But uh, I think Austin Matthews can score 60 again. But you yeah. guys hit the nail on the head. When you're talking about your game is deflections, rebounds, sometimes the pucks don't bounce your way and it just it just doesn't work if so. he was more of a consistent player like like if his efforts were very consistent night to night like they were in 21 22 that's another thing that was a difference if that's the efforts you're going to get night in night out then i'd be more inclined to say round or beer or yeah round or beer although then again you could get tripped spun around and do a 360 and get up and score the way Connor McDavid did the other night. Did you guys see that goal? It was unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. Stupid. Just Anthony, the top line for the New York Islanders is uh, Bo Horvat, Matt Barzell, and, of course, Simon Holstrom, who so far I, I tried to do my best for his stat line. He's got one shot in two games this year. Simon Holstrom should not be on the Islanders' top line. Yeah, and there was a couple of comments when we first came on talking about this. Um, you know, this is a round. Um, again, I, I'm not knocking Simon Holmstrom. I mean, he's honestly, he, he's a steady defensive player, you know, makes makes smart plays, but he's not he's not an offensive player. Um, and I, I think, and I get it, maybe they're putting him there. They want someone on that line to kind of, you know, be the, be the responsible one with Barzell and Horvat, but um, to really have that that top line be really really effective, they need a third guy there that could pull the weight offensively um, and and help them score. And Simon Holmstrom's not going to do it. Um, you know, I I gotta wonder why or when I should say they give Wallstrom the shot. He's been scratched the first two games. Um, he said he's hundred percent. It's not because he's still you know recovering from his injury from last year. He's ready to go. Um, Lane Lambert just feels safer putting Holmstrom in that spot, but I think you got to give it to Wallstrom. See what the kid could do. You know, we all know he's got the shot. He's got the release. He's the best option right now to play on that top line. I mean, there's Julian Gauthier who's been a healthy scratch for the first two games too. I mean, at least with him, I could see, okay, he's got the speed and he has better hands than Holmstrom. Even him, give him a shot. But, um, Holmstrom, I don't, I, I don't get the experiment there. Uh, you know, fine, you know, depth player, but. He, he he doesn't belong on the top line with them. Phil, what do you think? As a Ranger fan, obviously we've seen the mishandling of our young talents on this team over the last few years with the stories with Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere and trying to get them important minutes. So while I want to sympathize in this case, I can't and I've got to go shot. Because of the fact that I, I don't think that this is a player that can break out and get to that point. I think this is a player that will end up being a good middle six piece when he develops. Uh, the one thing I will say is that 
it reminds me sort of what they're doing, what they're going for reminds me of what Dallas did years ago with Medano and Hull by sticking Yerry Lettinen with them. And that Yerry Lettinen was the one who did a lot of the dirty work and was a real good defensive guy and, and played a shutdown role. I don't see Simon Holmstrom as that shutdown player. I see him as a responsible player, but if he was able to provide more of that, and he was able to create room for Barzell and Horvat, then I can understand it. But I, I'm with Anthony. If anything, the guy that they should be trying to put there, um, if they want to try to develop a young guy and get the most out of him, is probably Oliver Wallstrom, even though he may be in Lam- Lambert's doghouse for all we know, because Lambert doesn't want to seem to do anything with him for some weird reason. I, I don't understand it. So, all right, So you're saying actually it's a round, right? Yeah, it's around. Sorry, I, did okay. I say Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I knew what you meant. I mean, I knew yeah, what you I meant. I saw Mark's but... face, and I was like, "Why is he making that?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> I "Then when yeah. you gave the comment, I'm like that." You yeah, know what, Phil? I'm now going to make it round. I'm going to make it a hat trick. Look, it's only been two games that he's been with the top line. I think he actually did. He have like one more in the preseason. As much as I want to preach some patience and and have a defensive forward that could be responsible in that line, you're really the more defensive guy. You could argue with Bo Horvat and Barzell has been a defensive guy. I mean, it's just yeah. try to make try to get some offense in that in that line. That's all I'm thinking. And you know, I think you might be right. See what Wallstrom could do because it's starting to get to the be a time where you're going. What are we doing here with Oliver Wallstrom? So, yeah. And one guy that could be a possibility, because after all, the Islanders did make a trade with Vancouver last year. Connor Garland is being shipped around by the Vancouver Canucks. The Pittsburgh Penguins should go acquire Connor Garland, Mr. Fulkowski. I'm going to say shot. They have enough depth up front for me. I mean, yeah, they, could they use another depth forward? Yeah, but I think this would be a waste of cap space and allocation because this really wouldn't solve the problems that they really need. You're not going to upgrade your goaltending. So obviously, because that's that's the hardest thing to upgrade midseason. So why not go upgrade your defense instead? So for me, that's where Pittsburgh should be looking. Is she should be looking on defense. Try to see who's available on defense and go make a trade there. I mean, it, what was it, Columbus that was looking to move maybe Forsling or, 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 or I'm not sorry, not Forsling, Boquist. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, go ahead yeah. and go go look at Boquist and, and see what Columbus would want for Boquist. I know it might be a little bit because it's an interdivision trade, um, but like you, you have to you have to focus on shoring up areas that really need to be shored up. For me, Pittsburgh's – the forward depth isn't the problem. Forwards are fine. The defense is awful because you added Eric Carlson, who thinks defense is offense and offense only. And then you you got rid of Brian Dumoulin, and you brought in Ryan Graves to replace him, and that's at best a lateral move. And to me, it's a minus move because I don't think Graves is that good defensively. I really don't. I think he's okay in – in a, in a on a third pair in a reduced role, if you have a player that can move the puck for him on that pairing, but you you you, you did that and then you re-signed Jari, you did nothing to keep pucks out of your net. You did nothing to improve on that. So go get a defenseman. Stop looking at forwards. 
Don't turn into Toronto. I'm glad folks said all that, so I don't have to. Anthony? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say shot. Um, I, I don't think I don't think they need him. I think they could spend, if they were to make a move, um, get more depth on the back end. Um, like Phil said, I know you're not going to do anything with your goaltender right now, but really focus on your back end and your defense. They have enough guys up front. Um, plus, you know, Dave Panyota uh, said that yesterday that the Capitals, Blue Jackets, Preds, and at least one other Eastern team were – kind of sniffing around Garland and there's word that the Canucks are going to re, you know, retain up to 30%. So, I mean, I guess if the Canucks were going to retain 30% and the Penguins could get him, I guess at that point, yeah, why not? Cause Connor Garland's a good player, but um, you know, otherwise I, I think, um, you know, they should, they, they don't really need him right now. Um, you know, a team like Nashville could certainly need him um, more yeah. scoring, but that's another topic, but for the Penguins, uh, I'm going to say shot here as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, you guys already it. said it best for me, so the best thing I could do is just go the opposite direction just for the sake of satire. No, they should go get them right now. You should trade every first-round pick you're ever going to have for, for all eternity and muddle up your cap. You're already all in. Why not? I, need I, to, I still think it's the wrong decision. That is I what I think. Take, um, L.A. Knight from WWE. And he does this thing where he goes, yeah, yeah. And I need you to make that a soundbite for me because I'm going to, I'm going to be using that a lot at some point. But and between, go, between oh, that and there's another one of uh, a guy at the, the bar that I go to that goes, oh, are you kidding me? I got to get those in there. Guys, speaking about other teams that are kind of in trouble right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're one and two and they're last in the NHL in goals against with 17. Now they've played. Uh, I think they played more games than anybody, but uh, they're tied actually with Carolina of all teams. But again, that has to do with games played. Tampa needs to acquire a goalie now, or they're going to miss the playoffs. Guys, I'm going to start this one off and I'm going to say, just like the movie, the uh, predator, you make a stand now or there won't be any playoffs. So yeah, I'm buying around. Go get a goaltender. I don't care what you have to do. Because what you think what you could do in-house is going to work, I don't think it's going to work. Filk. Beer. And the only reason I'm going to say beer and not round is because who are they going to acquire right now? That's the question. Who is available? That's a great question. Keith Kincaid is not your savior. No offense, Keith. I like you. Long Island boy. Was happy to have you with the Rangers for the while that you were with us. But – He's not the savior. Who's available? Anaheim is not trading Gibson right now. They're, they're going to see how this season goes. And then if they want to move him at the end of the year, they'll move him at the end of the year. But by then, Vasilevsky is going to be back. And the only reason why they would even explore that at that point is if Vasilevsky is not healthy or he comes back and his back is clearly affecting his play. So who who is available? Tell me who's available, and I'll change my answer. Yeah, I mean, he, um, he he makes a good point. You're, you're not getting like a legitimate starting goaltender right now. Um, you know, I think the best they can get, because, you know, I've heard his name out there is Dan Vladar on the Flames. Um, you know, I mean, he he's he's decent enough. I mean, he would certainly be an improvement over, you know, Jonas Johansson and, and their backup, Matt Tompkins. But um, they're, they're not really going to get a huge difference maker right now. 
Uh, with that said, I mean, I, I still think they have enough firepower on that team and talent on the team where they could, you know, tread water until Vasilevsky gets back. But um, if they can acquire a guy like Vladar, I mean, I would I would look at doing that right now. Um, but that's that's my take. But it's a beer. And you know what? John's got it right away. Let me get Anthony's beer on there. But uh, John's got that down, too. What do they have to give? I talk about that Pittsburgh's giving up everything. I mean, what is what does Tampa Bay have left? Who, who are they trading? Who who is what pieces of value do they have to get this goaltender? With? It is such a weird situation. Then you talk about that Buffalo is hanging on to all three of their goaltenders because they don't want to lose one of them because Tampa Bay is going to snatch one up, and yeah. that the best goalie playing on the Tampa Bay farm team is playing for Carolina. It's it's he got, pure. He got recalled. Uh, he, he got recalled by Carolina. Kachakov, yeah. yeah. Okay, but still, but, all right. I mean, so, they have to give us a good point. I mean, they don't have a first. They don't have a second. They don't have a first next year. We um, traded everything for Tanner Janot. Great job. I mean, does does a does a twenty twenty five second get you Dan Blatter? I, I I don't I don't know. Um, but does it's Dan a good point. Blatter makes the difference. I mean, probably term, not. Maybe. Probably, probably not. In the short term, I think he's decent enough that you better what they have. But you're right. There, there's not really a, a a guy they could go out and trade for right now that's going to make a huge difference. He gets you Star Wars beans for the people that are call him Dan Vladar. Anyway, guys, right now, two teams off the pretty good starts. The Troy Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators, both are 3-1 and one right now. Ottawa is the playoff team over Detroit's. Uh, Anthony, sorry. I mean, that's that's a tough one. They're both kind of on the same trajectory. Um, they both have talent offensively. They're goaltenders for me. That's where it's, I mean, Corpusalo versus Billy Huso. Um, I mean, if I if I had to pick, I think I think I'd go Ottawa just because I like their I like their offensive group a little better um, and their defense as well. No slight to Moritz Sider. Um, but my my thing with, with these teams, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, you know, everyone kind of pumping them up, saying they're going to make the playoffs. Um, it's still going to be tough. You know, it's, it's, it's still going to be tough to do. Um, you, you have you have Toronto, who's going to be, you know, probably is probably going to win that division. Um, then you have. And again, it's very early still, so it's really it's really hard to actually say it with conviction. But you know, Boston, so far they've looked good. You know, if if they if this is who they are and they are good again, then you have them occupying a spot. And now you only have one spot left in that division, and you know, you still can't discredit Tampa Bay. And then you have the teams that you're going to be competing with in the Metro for a wild card spot. So. None of them are shoo-ins, to be honest. But if I had to pick one, I'm going Ottawa over Detroit. But it's tough. And uh, I guess that's – is that a round? Or not a shoo-in, it's a beer. Beer. Okay. Phil. Um, I'm glad someone got my Highlander reference in, in the chat there. Thank, thank you, David Wood. <clears throat> Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think there could only be one of these three teams, these uprising teams in Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit making it if one of them makes it. So 
I, I like Ottawa. I, Anthony said that these teams are similar to me. The, the Detroit has a more veteran makeup to them than Ottawa does at this point. I mean, you have DeBrinket, you have Larkin, you have Cop, um, you have Sherratt. There are a lot of older players on Detroit as there are to Ottawa. Ottawa has that younger, more top-end talent on their team. I think Detroit's also a deeper team. If you ask me, I would say Detroit makes the playoffs over Ottawa, but I'm going to go beer here because I'm not sure if either of these teams make it. I'm not. And it depends on what you get from Huso. Huso looked good in St. Louis two years ago. He did not really look that great last year. And, yes, he went from a good team in St. Louis the year before to a fledgling uprising team in Detroit. So, for for me, it really depends on goaltending. I don't trust Forsberg. I don't. I don't think he's that good. I really don't. If he's a legitimate starter – He's in the bottom three of NHL starters in the league, if you ask me. I, I just don't think he's that good. Um, I, I got to go with Detroit. I, I really do here. So I got I to gotta go get Ella now, so I got to hop off. But just wanted to add, Josh Norris being back with the Senators and Huge. he got off the fence scoring two goals. I think he's going to help them a lot, too. Remember, they didn't, have him, they didn't have him last year. Now you added him, too. So they're – that's that's good for Ottawa. But hey Anthony, uh, do you know what would go great for Ottawa? Shane what? Pinto. <laughs> Maybe yeah, they need yeah. to spend we won Pinto champs at the game the other night in Ottawa. Yeah. Can you imagine if they did have Shane Pinto? Like this this team might be the easy playoff team to pick. And there are guys that are trying to say, oh, they're gonna go to the conference finals. No, that'll be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pump be what? Pump the brakes there. Pump the brakes on that. So here, here. All right. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, add, I'm gonna address two quick questions here, because um, these, these I think factor into it. Which GM do you believe will make the splash, Dorian or Iserman? I think it's Iserman. I think Dorian will be more aggressive, and Iserman would be, would would be more sensible with what he's gonna do. Okay. And then the um, other question is real quick is does it change if Kane signs in Detroit? That's a yes. Yes. That's and yes. again, that's it depends on which Patrick Kane you're getting. Because at times with the Rangers, Patrick. he looked like old Patrick Kane. At times with the Rangers, he looked like old Patrick Kane. <laughs> so that's where the tough the tough part is. Um uh, it's same thing for Buffalo. Buffalo's going to have something to say about this eventually. The, everybody's sleeping on them. They're going, oh, well, they're, they're having a poor start. Well, not going to be the case. And I guess I guess my answer on this is going to have to be a beer, too. I'm going to lean Ottawa uh, for right now, but that could change. I, you're focusing on Huso, who wore down when he was had that great season with St. Louis. He wore down as the season went on. The, that's what his splits all said. Jonas Corpusalo, that's like his entire career. Like he's never had more than 39 games in his workload. That's a scary proposition to me. Philk, there are there are times where like people don't like me and I will have to walk back into the their building. 
And uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois did that. And he got a goal, a power play goal, and a cascade of booze. PLD deserved the booze from the Jets fans. You know what I'm going to tell you. Oh, today. yeah. You know what? I, I saw the stare. I picked up late on it. Yeah. It's a layup. Yeah. It's... Come on. Like... You, you go and you cause a problem in Columbus. And I get it. He clashed with Tortorella. Okay, Tortorella is sometimes hard to deal with. You go to Winnipeg. You're out from there. You cause a problem there. You're unhappy. Yeah, you deserve it. Now this guy is, has a problem as being a malcontent. But now he's where he wants to be. And he's on a team. And he made them give up a lot of depth to get him. And now he better deliver. And he scored, and he got the boo. So you know what? You do that, you get the boo. Yeah. Um, I 100% believe in this one. I actually think his boos. Now, again, everybody's going to compare everything to John Tavares. That's what the new, the new uh, standard is for the booing. And I thought, first off, I thought John Tavares handled himself well the entire time. I can understand the fans – and the ire that they felt Pierre-Luc Dubois, the second he stepped into Winnipeg was just like, yeah, I can't wait to leave. That was the impression you got the entire time from this guy. I, you know what? If I'm a Winnipeg fan and we're going to get to the Winnipeg fans in one second, but uh, they're the Winnipeg fans. I would, I would never cheer that guy ever. I mean, I would, if they gave a video tribute to him, uh, which, because everybody gets a video tribute, uh, Philk. Hell, Colin Blackwell was surprised he didn't get one with the New York Rangers. Yes. But that's that's beyond. No, PLD deserves all the all the venom he can get. And you know what? He played the heel pretty well. He scored that goal and went around like he was Superman. Oh, but... you dropped a wrestling reference and used the term heel. How cute. <laughs> I like it. Filk, but the Winnipeg Jets have been making news this week because there's been a 4,000 uh, fan drop in their attendance to start. Winnipeg's attendance is proof that the NHL should give Atlanta another try. I'll start this one since the... Uh, since no, you're- no I, I, I mean, if there was a layup for a shot, then this would be like... I don't understand how these two conflate. Uh, well, you know what? Because after all, they've been saying it on Instagram this week. So first, this is a layup to you, right? That they this, that they shouldn't. This they shouldn't be a reason shouldn't. to go back. No, 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 no. It, it, it's it's a shot because I don't think this has anything to do with Atlanta, and vice versa. Okay, I I, I don't. I I, I just I, I don't understand how this came about okay this is the correlation that i'm having right now and this is also where uh again right before the show started where the question comes is that if winnipeg's having trouble drawing fans then which they've never done their entire time in winnipeg they haven't done and i'm going to defend winnipeg in a second uh that hey you know atlanta they, they, the NHL should go back there and expand. And you're like, wait a minute. No. One thing has nothing to do with the other, which is sort of what you're saying. 
but also that's sometimes that's not the reason for teams to just have fans drop off. How about the fact that I don't know, let me be a little bit kooky with this. You're not exactly loving the makeup of this team right now that they, they signed their two stars to extensions when they clearly should be rebuilding. But maybe that's just me because they got a, they got a haul for uh PLD. So I don't know. I like when if, you, I would never, I would never attack the fans because they didn't go to a game, but a lot of people are concerned. There's empty seats at Jets games and there never was, there never was. Yeah. I, I, I want to look at their, their numbers on a year by year basis attendance wise, because I, I don't recall them being that low in the league, but I mean, uh, it does make sense. I mean, they go and they trade PLD away and they, they feel like, um, I, I, that it, the team is just not going in the right direction or that they've, they made a mistake with re-signing Hellebuck and Shifley to deals when they're in their thirties and that are going to run them until they're like 38, 39 years old. I, I, I listen, if I'm the fans are upset, obviously they're upset about something. So, I mean, they're, they're voicing their frustration at this point and I get it. And you know, who's kind of gotten off scot-free on a lot of blame. Kevin Sheffield off. Yeah. How is he like, how has he gotten Like, I'm surprised there's not more people calling for his head. I don't hear anybody doing that. And supposedly uh, there were reports about Wheeler being a locker room cancer there. Uh, that right now with the Rangers, it's, it's either, you you produce or you don't. You're only paying them 850k. So yeah, they could always they're they're not wedded to them. You know, Winnipeg's Winnipeg's a good uh, a great city. It's just and if their fans are upset about something, maybe listen to the fans for a second. And I understand the old adage: if you start listening to the fans, you're gonna be you're gonna be sitting with the fans. But Sometimes, like, what's the plan? I think that's what they really want to know. What is the plan in Winnipeg? Like, are they rebuilding? Is it a soft rebuild? You got a Vesna Trophy quality goaltender in there. And uh, I'll say, would you say Shifley's still a top 20 center in the league? I don't know. That's that's kind of oof. He does not look the same anymore. I mean, he had a 40-goal year last year, which was nice, but he was under a point per game, which is kind of scary because he'd been consistent for such a long time. I, I, I just don't think it was the right move to, to keep those guys. I think they should have dealt them when they had the chance, and they they didn't. And I, I think they're going to regret that at some point sooner than later. Phil, I agree with that a 1,000%, and it was scary to me on the very idea that they decided to just go, you know what? We're going to resign these guys for eight years. You're like, oh, what are you I, I, I want to know the thought process behind that, because for me, it's scary to give a 30 or a 31 year old center and a goaltender eight year deals 
when you just dealt a, a what a 25 or a 26 year old player 26 year old player yeah because matthews is 26 so they're seeing draft class but you you just dealt a a, a 26 year old number two center who could have been your number one center and you could have traded the older guy for some depth to build around that number one center like listen i get it he didn't want to be there anymore but try to change things around and and pitch building the team around him and that he's the guy and that we want you to be the guy you know and making concerted effort it just doesn't feel like they did yeah i um i'm confused about that but again the winnipeg fans they they always deserve they always deserve the best out there because hell they shouldn't have ever lost their team in the first place but uh i'm i'm at a loss for words sometimes Anyway, that's the end of Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, everybody, where we're engaging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Hope you guys are playing along. We're going to take a couple comments, and then we're going to sign off because there's a Ranger game for all of us to be watching or an Islander game for some of you guys to be watching tomorrow night. Uh, Phil, what kind, of, what kind of questions are you seeing? And as Jeremy said, by the way, right here, yeah. Yeah, and, that's a big chunk. That's over 25% right there. And John's right about this one. It's that's an, an indictment on the team, team not the fan, fan base. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and listen, I'm going to I'm going to shift from one sport to another here uh just to kind of relay a point. But if you're a Giants fan and you heard what Evan Neal said about the fans a couple of weeks ago, after their loss to the, the 49ers. And he was talking about who are the fan or who is a, a, a sheep to judge a lion and who are these fans to sit there and talk about me? What do they do? Flip burgers. The fans pay your damn salary. Mm-hmm. So fans are upset with the players, the coach, or anyone in the front office in the organization they have the right to not show up to games and for a 4,000 fan drop off to, to be not selling out your arenas by 4,000 seats. That's concerning. And I don't think it has anything to do with the pricing of the tickets. I don't, I really don't. I think it has to do with the decisions that the front office made in terms of what direction they're going in and keeping the status quo. It doesn't seem like this organization has a grip on what direction they want to go in. And that's why the fans are upset. There's when you, when your organization looks like a rudderless ship. And first up, by the way, the last thing any player should do is bash the fans because the player will be there at, let's say, um, let's say it's Sidney Crosby right now. Let's say if Sidney Crosby said something against the Penguins fans, he never would because Sidney Crosby smart enough not to. But if Sidney Crosby's been with the team, what now, 17, 18 years? Yeah. And he's going to bash a fan who has got a family and kids that he brings to the game. He's got season tickets. He works a job that makes far less than that. And then that guy's been a fan of that team for 40 years. And that number is climbing. And you're going to rip the fan. Nope. Nope, that doesn't work. No player ever wins that. 
because the player moves on, the fan stays. And the worst part is when the fan decides he doesn't want to be a fan anymore. Fans are the stockholders. Because just as you said, when the fans, like, just apathy is the worst thing. Apathy is the worst thing for any fan base, no matter what it is, movies or anything else. Just ask Star Wars fans. Because... Oh, jeez. Hey, I wish Mr. Fantastic was on for that. You know, I just, yeah, just... When's, when's the last time you really cared about Star Wars? It's been a few years. All right. Um, what do you? I, I get a lot of guys that are saying. And uh, by the way, John D. Lee, I love the picture of you in the um, in the Big Apple hockey jersey. Glad you liked it. Still got a few of those. Um, what do you think? Would you uh, think Patrick Kane's coming back to the Rangers? I don't think he's going to be enough. <laughs> enough uh a fan base for him or a cast base i mean well let me tell you this i was talking with a friend that you're familiar with mm-hmm. and this friend mentioned the month december i wish i could say more but I can't really say a whole lot more than that as of right now. Yeah. Well, we're going to see about that. I kind of leave it at that just because I I don't want to say something that I'm not fully vested on, but this is the vibe that I'm getting, and I, I think we could be looking at something come December. Well, if that's the case, does that mean, do you think there would be, does that mean the Wheeler experiment failed? I I think the Wheeler experiment looks like it's failing already. Uh, and I, and I, I got blasted for saying, well, in preseason, you got to give him time. You got to give him time. The dude looked like he was skating with quicksand in preseason. You don't magically just get speed back. You get your your cardiovascular endurance back in game shape, but you don't get your speed back. Yeah, uh, I I I don't I don't see it. I don't, and I honestly think that right now, I don't think VC or Pitlick should be out of the lineup for Blake Wheeler. I don't. I I think Blake Wheeler is the one who's given least on the team to work with. <laughs> and there's no marriage to Wheeler. The contract is small. If he gets waived, someone will pick him up. Sure. But what are you losing? What are you losing? And even if he goes somewhere else and he plays better and he gives something somebody something, who, who is he giving it to? And what is he giving? What does he have left in that tank? Because they, at, at this point, he's my age. And I, I don't see what really he has left to give at this point. I just realized how much I, I used to have with my old chair. I used to have a different way to sit. Now I, I just, Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, I just, I just, I, I haven't moved in all my stuff. So, um, well, yeah, that's right. Your background does look a little different. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, we're going to be working on, on that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, I, 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 
I thought they looked really good in game one, but I also think a lot of that has to do with Cooley and Trocek. Yeah, and that I was going to say that. That line is actually, in terms of five-on-five play, the analytics say that line is very good, and I think they, they are, but I think it's really Trocek and Cooley driving that line. I mean, I like the way Benino's looked as uh, Richie Seller okay. told us right now. It looked okay. Fine. No, no problem with uh, with him. It's just, you know, I it's I wonder though if you remove Wheeler, then who takes his spot on the third line? It has to be Othman. I think it has to be Othman. But. Although I do have to say this, uh, David brought this up, uh, that uh, Truba's been playing well so far. And I think with the shot blocking system that they got in place, and right now he's jumping in front of everything. I I think Laviolette is the best coach for Truba. This is the uh, best yeah. he's looked for as a New York Ranger. Yeah, I, I, it's almost like that system is kind of, calmed Truba down from running around out of place. I still think he jumps a little too far back behind the net sometimes. Him and Miller, I, I still catch them doing that here and there. Um, once they stop doing that and stop chasing behind the net, because that, that's been a big problem for that pairing over the last, I would say, two, three seasons, is that one of them will chase behind the net, and then there's another guy that comes in, like, backdoor trailer or something like that you know from from away from like the point and there's a third guy there's a guy in front that's uncovered so if they're both chasing behind the net somebody's open and the center's got to get that guy if one of them stays in front everything's going to be okay mm-hmm. you can't have both of them chasing preferably you don't want either of them going behind the net because behind the net is a low percentage chance there's what are you going to do for them? The only thing that's going to happen is maybe a, a player, a forward, puck carrier, pulls a Mario Lemieux and banks in and off the goalie from behind the net. But that's on the goaltender. That That's not on the defenseman. That's on the goaltender. So, I mean, if, if that happens, then yeah. But uh, I'm with you on this, Jeremy. We'll be, we'll be packing it in in like a minute or two. But I figured I would just answer this question from Mark before we do that. But, again, you, you, you got to – Laviolette has brought in structure and it's good to see that a lot of the players are buying in and not, um, and not rejecting this. They're embracing it, which is great. And again, this is a team that needs structure. That's what the players were asking about at the exit interviews last we season. Need help. They needed help. Like it's just, and again, I wish Gerard Gallant all the best person to person. It's just, it was clear that the Rangers needed to move on. They needed to move on, yeah. And especially after that, because here's the the truth. Look, uh, I'm going to be a little bit cruel when I say this. If Gerard Gallant was still the Rangers head coach, the Rangers window and win was done. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he can win a playoff series against Lindy Ruff and... Um and Rob Brindamore and whoever else is coming up. I just I, I have no faith in him after after that. Usually he's he's gotten one good run out of his teams and then that's it. So that's been his MO. 
But we're going to start the uh, bye-bye right now. Because, guys, we got the um, national game coming up. We're all going to sit down and watch that. And, Phil, what do you expect from uh, from the game tonight? And how does Nashville look to you so far? I mean, Nashville is just, uh, again, just like I stated, they would struggle to score. Um, they're one in three. They've scored nine goals in four games, and they've allowed 14. Their defense, disappointing, has really been uh, an eye-opener for me because I thought their defense, they wouldn't allow a lot of goals with you know their defense and, and Soros. But they've been shaky defensively. They've been sloppy. They've missed assignments. Yeah, guys are being left wide open in spots you wouldn't expect with that defense corpse that they have. And then they're not scoring goals on top of that. So they're going to be a bottom of the tier team in the league. They do not have the up. You got to just stop forward working O'Reilly. And then it's going to be really tough for the rest of that team to score goals. That's really what you got to mm-hmm. do. And the Rangers are going to come out hard. They've got to come out fast. They've got to make sure that they are pinning them in their own zone and they've got to control the puck. So. Yeah. And uh, I thought they got dominated versus Tampa Bay and that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to jump on them and jump on them good early. And yeah, to this real quick, this last one, they really do like Cooley and Cooley has played very well. Cooley's here to stay. All right, everybody. Thanks very much for joining us today. We're going to have some more shorts and, uh, Hopefully, maybe I can get a reaction tonight. If not, maybe tomorrow uh, as I'm a little bit under the weather. But everybody, thank you very much for joining us and enjoy the game tonight. Let's go Rangers.